Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening or watching to Peak to Pit Hurricane Edition. Hurricane Edition. Yes. TJ Pittinger, not the ones that we find in South Florida. The real Hurricane Edition. (laughs) Ivan is uh, bearing down uh, on the state right now. Not quite to us yet, so we could go ahead and get this pot in before we potentially don't have power, which I'm really hoping we don't lose power. But we were just talking off air about uh, the fact that we both feel pretty comfortable about where we are right now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. I mentioned this to somebody else this morning, but yeah, it's weird, you know, wishing it away from you because then you, you realize wishing it on somebody else. Yeah. It's, it's going somewhere else, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you hope for the best for, for wherever it hits, but you're thankful that it, you know, didn't hit you directly. And so mm-hmm. it, it continues to track South, which, you know, is a good thing for, for our area. We're a little bit North of the city in Tampa. So it's been cool to have a, you know, people reach out and say, Hey, we're thinking about you. And I'm just like, well, you know, you can think about us, but think about those people down South because it's, it's much worse for them, but yeah, yeah hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see, but things well, change. We're both native Floridians. Yeah. Uh, so this is not our first rodeo with this too. I'll be interested to see all those people that moved down during uh, COVID if they're interested in uh, heading back or if they're going to stick around. After initiation. That. This is it initiation. is kind of initiation. But in all seriousness, this is a super, super serious storm. And we are definitely thinking about all the people that are in the direct path. Thankful that it's not us this time and it moved a little bit. But you're right. You feel guilty about that because then you're wishing it on somebody else. Yeah, for sure. But you know, hopefully they've, you know, done as much preparing as is possible. Hopefully they've, um, you know, kind of done what they could to, right. to be ready. So we'll try and keep it a little more lighter, but certainly thoughts and prayers with everybody impacted and, you know, please stay safe and um, also uh, listen to your local authorities. Yeah. <laughs> I know nobody likes to listen to anything in 2022, right. Anybody says, but trust them on this one and, and please yeah. don't die. So all right. Well, a fun weekend. Well, some funner for some than than others, but funner, funner. <laughs> hurricane edition. No school this week. No grammar either. Um, there you go. Florida State. We'll start with us. We'll start with the good news first. Um, I know you got some moral victories up your sleeve from this thing, but uh, Florida State moves to four and zero. Absolutely. Did you watch the game? Absolutely demolished Boston College. Um, yeah. And honestly, from the opening kick, which they ran back, obviously, but it it wasn't even, I don't know, to me, it was just, you know, and I hate to like put so much into one play, but here was my takeaway from the opening kick. I want to see if you agree with it or not. Probably not because we've agreed a lot this year. Um, that wasn't like a, like a kick return. Remember Devin Hester used to just be yeah. faster than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Kermit in the national championship, which was, was our first kick return for a touchdown since the national championship. He just like a wall opened up and he was just faster than everybody else. Right. That was not this kick return at all. Trey Benson broke four tackles, had guys hanging on to him. He was running through guys. Yeah. And it, to me, it was like most kick returns are have an element of luck in it, right? They're blocked. Well, but, you know, a guy falls down, misses a lane, gets out of a lane. And then with how fast guys are, especially with the new kickoff rules and how you kick off from a freaking 35 now, you rarely see kick return touchdowns. Right. This just seemed like a, I'm going to will myself into the end zone. And so to me, right. it was more of a like an attitude or a mindset kick return touchdown as opposed yeah. to just I'm faster than everybody else. And I'm right. just going to be. So to me, it, it totally was like, 
oh yeah, I got a chance. I'm going to get to the end zone. And you know, four broken tackles within one play, a kickoff especially, uh, is is pretty remarkable. And sure. I, I thought that I thought that that I was very encouraged, right? Because you had watched earlier Florida lose. You'd watch Miami drop one to Middle Tennessee State, and you're just like, oh man, I hope this is not setting up for us to blow it against BC. And after that play, I was like, okay, well they're 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 going to bring it right. Like they're going their their mindset, their attitude is, is pretty strong. And then from there, it never slowed down. But anyway, did, did you kind of feel kind of the same way on the kick return or were your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I, first of all, I love a good kick return and I kind of despise that we get them less and less now because of uh, the location of the kickoff being moved. But yeah, I mean, he, he willed that into happening. That wasn't, you're exactly right. It wasn't just a, speed on speed like he was just the faster person there he he was incredibly resilient uh it was fun to watch special teams matters right and i think that one of the things you can point to for florida and florida state in the last couple years is lack of good special teams play and i think that uh special teams wins football games obviously this special teams tied wasn't the difference for florida state because florida state was dominant the entire game but it's a good sign for florida state moving in the right direction because statistically, if you make big special teams plays, you win football games. So at some point, that difference of that focus on special teams will probably win Florida State a game down the road. Yeah, for sure. And Florida State, they've struggled in the kicking game. But I think going into this game, and I'd imagine it stayed this way because of the kick return and, and mm-hmm. other plays too, Florida State was the number one team, according to Pro Football Focus, in special teams, like rated number one going into this game. And so I'd imagine that, you know, you don't have yeah. a kick return touchdown and that go down. That go down. Right. Um, right. Um, Urban Meyer used to, uh, he had a few different stats that he would point to that like, okay, if you accomplish X, Y, Z, you are at this percentage of winning the football game. And one of the things that he uh, used to say was like, block a kick, win the game. Statistically, if you block, a kick, a punt, a, uh, you know, a field goal attempt, an extra point. If you block one statistically, you are likely to win the football game. Uh, kick returns is another stat that he used to always point to. The other one that he'll point to, which I'll kind of reference back when we talk about our game, was explosive plays. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like if you give up under X number of plays that are 20 yards or longer, you are much more statistically likely to win a football game. And so you there are metrics we can look at to see whether a team is trending in the right direction and I think that Florida State is hugely trending in the right direction with those special team stats. Yeah, no, they looked really good and you know, Florida State fans really with their special teams last year, there were so many punts that Florida State didn't catch and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but people actually tracked it. Like the hidden yardage that was not gained from good returns or Yeah whatever, but just lost from just not catching the punt where it first came down. And obviously there are times where that might be more difficult if it gets shanked or whatever, but just by and large, we just weren't even catching the punt. And so it was something like there were some games where we lost over a hundred yards, right? Cause it yeah. bounces and goes on the Miami game, the ball bounced at the 15 yard line and rolled dead at the one. And then like trickled over the end zone line. And Miami yeah. didn't have anybody there to, they were kind of in mass max protect to not um, give up the block. But we, you know, if that had been, if that is top to the one, we probably don't go 99 yards, right? Like right. We probably lose to Miami. And so we got kind of lucky and it did trickle in the end zone and we got to start at the 25. But yeah, I, I think that the special teams improvements are, are pretty, are pretty impressive. BC going back to the game, it was not a good team. There's a reason that Florida state was a pretty hefty favorite in this game. And, you know, that never really got questioned and never really got put into question um, but BC's defense was, was not bad. Like they were rated, you know, above average, not, you know, not like great, but their defense was rated pretty well. And, uh, I, I didn't think it would be as easy as it was for Florida state's offense. Everything FSU did offensively looked incredibly easy. Um, they were never challenged with their starters in defensively, you know, I did expect the defense to play really, really well. I didn't really worry about Boston College's offense at all. Defensively, with the starters in, everything looked really, really easy, too. Now, Boston College scored a couple of times in the second half with 
our entire defensive line was out at that point. Most of the secondary was out. A couple of the linebackers were out. And so, like, whatever. You know, score on backups, you score on backups. But, yeah, I thought every single thing on Saturday night for Florida State looked easy. And that it's been a long time since that's been the case against an ACC team. The last time they beat an right. ACC team um, – like this with Syracuse in like 2016. I think they actually won 45 to 14. So yeah. same score off by a point. Um, and so, yeah, that, that just hasn't been something that's happened. BC is not a great team. I'm not trying to like say that we're back right. or winning the national title at all. Like I, I think that you can make both sides of the argument, but Florida State's not been a good team for a long time. Right. <laughs> so right. I, I think that, you know, they – had a test and the test was to go out and look like you're a lot better than BC. And they did that very, very well. Um, and so, you know, I think they continue to make progress and they continue to improve. So what about you? What were your takeaways from Florida state? Um, I am really interested to see them play some of the upper echelon ACC teams and see how, um, how they stack up. Because I do think, I mean, listen, Look, Florida State sitting at 4-0, right? They uh, have put a, uh, convincingly beat teams that they should beat. And then they've, they've done things like beat LSU, which is, you know, kind of a surprise win, at least in, in my opinion it was. Um, but I'm interested to see how they do against a Clemson, against, you know, an NC State or North Carolina, something like that. Like, I to see how real they are, but they look good. They look more disciplined. And I think that that is um, a big sign that they've, they're fully bought in and that the tides have started to turn for them, right? That's not just the ball bounced their way a few times when they walked out with a win. These are some convincing victories and they're beating the teams that they should beat. So next we see how they do against teams that maybe they shouldn't beat or that should be a toss up. Um, and that's coming down the stretch, but look, you're two, two games away from being bowl eligible. Uh, and they look good. I, they're trending in the right direction. Yeah. They, you know, you can only, like, again, you can only play the, the teams on the your team schedule. Oh, hundred percent. That's not know. a knock on their schedule. It just, we haven't seen all that we're going to see because of the way the schedule set up at the beginning. Yeah. And I did see a stat. This was pretty interesting. I saw, I want to see where exactly I saw it because I don't want to misquote it, but, uh, yeah, according to – where was this? Yeah, this is ESPN because it was on the ACC Network. Top 10 teams according to strength of record. So mm -hmm. strength of record being how you fared right. against your schedule right. as opposed so, to what your actual strength of schedule is. I mean, Florida sure. State's number one. And Alabama's two and Ohio State's three, Penn State four, USC five. So what do they factor into that when they determine that? Your chance of winning those games. Okay. And how you've done. So Florida State was projected to be two and two at this point. And so they've right. overachieved by so two games. Okay. Yeah. So your strength against the record. So, you know, I somebody else shared, like right after that, somebody else shared, um, you know, the actual strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that right now, you know, at to this point in the season, Florida has the sixth toughest strength of okay. schedule and Florida okay. state's is 16th. And yeah. so you're not talking about a massive gap, right? Like Florida right. state's not down in like the fifties or sixties. Sure, right? sure. Still a, you know, there's no denying that Florida schedule has been tougher, but sure. I, you know, Florida state hasn't played like the worst of the worst. And so I sure. think that with, with what Florida state has done, it has been really impressive, but you're right. right. I mean, I have called this October month, hell month for as long as the schedule has been out because it's, yeah, three really good teams. It might be, I, honestly, I believe that the best four teams in the ACC are Clemson, Florida state, Wake Forest, and NC state. And I've got no idea what order they're in. Like I'd probably right. put Clemson first. I'd probably put Wake last and then Florida state, NC state in the middle of those two, but we're going to find out. I mean, right. Wake played Clemson last week. NC mm -hmm. state plays Clemson this week. We play Wake this Wake, week. Then right. we play NC state and then we play Clemson. So like, Everyone plays each other in like a matter yeah. of four weeks. Yeah. So we'll, it'll so we'll have a better idea to flush itself out a little bit. Yeah. And so I, that would be my guess right now. I mean, Florida state's a favorite at home against wake. So I think the general perception is that they're probably slightly better. We'll see what happens when the two teams go head to head this right. weekend. Um, 
you know, I think Clemson's probably a little bit better. I think NC State and Florida State are very similar, but that game's in Raleigh, so I'd probably give them right. a slight nod there. But it'll all, it'll all kind of shake out. So, yeah, you're right. It, it's what can they do against the teams that actually have a pulse. But you're right. Like, at Florida State, at Florida, you should just beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, and you're going to win eight or nine games a year, right? right? Like, and that's right. really what they've set themselves up for, right? We had – we both had seven and five, um, and – They've won two games that we thought they were going to lose. Yeah, so, I think they're going to. They're that was an under calculation on yeah on both of our parts there. Like they are going to exceed that unless for some reason the wheels fall off, which there's yeah. nothing to say that that will happen. There's I'm not in any way indi- like indicating that I think that's going to happen. But unless the wheels fall off, they will win more than seven. Ball I think games. so. Yeah, because I mean, you just look at what's left on the well, schedule. First of all, they're beating Miami. I'm changing my yeah. uh, my well, prediction on that. Florida State. Handily beats yeah. Miami. I think they're going to beat Miami. They're going to beat Louisiana. And they're going to beat Georgia Tech. And so yeah. just right there, yeah. they're at seven wins. Right. They beat anyone else. If they, right. if they beat UF at home, if they beat Syracuse, mm-hmm. if they win this weekend as a favorite against Wake Forest, right. then you're talking, you know, any one of those games would get you to eight. Right. But they're going to be in all three of those games, yeah. right? I don't think yeah. any, any of those teams are, you know – Oh man, I can't. I can't Unbeatable. figure out a way right. that they would beat. Sir. So I right. mean, then you're talking anywhere from eight, nine, or ten wins. Now, I'm not predicting sure. ten. I, I don't think they get there, but I think nine's really I, realistic. I think nine is realistic at this point. No. And I think if you, again, you can't have a slip up against Georgia Tech. You can't have right. a slip up against Louisiana right. or uh, the other one was uh, Miami. I think you got to right. beat Miami this year. You got to beat Miami. Um, but. Now saying that, I do think Miami will play better against us than they did against well, Tennessee State because it would be hard but, to play worse. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, Florida State should like I think anything less than eight right now would probably be a little bit of a disappointment. If you only get yeah. to eight, it means you went four and four in your last eight, and that's just right. And that's not a know, way you want your season to trend. Either. Yeah, and so I do think that this next these next three games are going to be really really tough. I if you offered me, I, you just can't go zero and three. Right, like you got to win right. one of these next three. And if yeah. you can come out of the next three weeks at five and two, and then you get that stretch of Georgia Tech and Syracuse and Louisiana and Miami and Florida to finish it up, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason to think that Florida State can't go four and one in that stretch. So you're five and two there. That's still your nine wins. And even if you drop one, even if you go four and three, you're still finishing at an eight and four record, get to nine in a bowl, maybe. Right. And so I think, yeah, it so much matters how you start. And yeah. so get this one this weekend against wake get to five wins and uh you know see what happens from that if if you if you win this weekend and nc state wins against clemson that i mean that'll be game day it'll be two five and oh teams and and yeah probably a top 15 matchup at that point right Um, so at florida state might be right outside the top 15 but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's I'm kind all of surprised kind of right where they have put Florida State ranking wise. I honestly, I mean, and listen, I'm the biggest proponent of rankings at this point mean absolutely nothing. I wish they didn't exist currently, but I'm surprised that with this Florida State schedule that they don't have them ranked a little bit higher. Again, it doesn't matter, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that sports writers, and coaches in general, and coaches too. Um, we're just prideful humans. And so I think that as opposed to admit you were wrong by ranking somebody too high to start, you just stick with what you know, right? Like you don't yeah. recalibrate. Yeah, but then right? I think about Florida who wasn't ranked and then jumped pretty high after beating. But I think that was a direct result of that was a direct result of overranking Utah. Yeah. So Which like we they, don't know that Utah is overranked, but I we haven't seen Florida play think, the way that they played week one. Yeah. You know, yet again this season. So yeah, I don't know. I, I it'll be interesting to see when Utah actually plays some some kind of good competition. Yeah. Since they played you guys, they've they've gotten to go up against Arizona State, who doesn't have coach uh anymore, San Diego State and Southern right. Utah. Right. So they play Oregon State this weekend, who played really well against USC, and then they play USC a couple of weeks after that, and then they have Oregon a couple of weeks after that. So we'll see. You know, yeah. Utah is either going to go eleven and one or finish with like three or four losses. So, yeah. Um, but we'll talk about Wake, and then we'll go on to UF. But yeah, I, I think this Wake game is an interesting one. 
Florida State's a seven-point favorite. It opened up at like four, four and a half and has climbed over the last few days. Um, obviously, we'll see kind of what the weather looks like, but it could be kind of windy and rainy, which I do think favors Florida State. I love Jordan Travis, and I think he's playing incredibly well right now. But if I've got my chance to go up in a running matchup against Wake, I like that even better because Sam Hartman is really, really good. So if it's an air it out, pass it out thing, I've got confidence in Travis, but I just am fearful of Sam Hartman kind of going off. So uh, I, I don't worry about Wake's defense at all. I don't think they're very good at all. Gave up a ton of points to Liberty. I think that if Florida State can avoid turning the ball over and just kind of be smart, I think they'll move the ball fine. I think this game is probably played in like the mid to high 30s. And I, I do think Florida State finds a way to win. I, I, I think they're playing better right now. I think that the, the team is confident. I think that Jordan Travis is playing. I mean, he's playing. I mean, right now his PFF stats are, again, he's number two in the country right now in, in pro football focus. And so he's really, really good. Um, he's been really, really good this season. He's been accurate. The running backs are really good. I think BC has a better defense than Wake Forest does, right? And so we'll see kind of how all that shakes out. There's obviously less pressure on you when you're playing against an offense that is horrible like BC's. But I, I do think Florida State finds a way to get this win. I mean, you know, and it'll be kind of crazy. I don't think anybody thought that Florida State could be 5-0. and I don't think very many people thought that 4-1 and was a realistic thing. But um, I, I think they find a way to get it done this weekend. I think it'll be a shootout. I, I don't think there's any – you know, to me, it's just like the it's just like the Louisville game. It's just like the LSU game. It's going to go down to the wire, and we'll see what happens. But the Vegas line moving as much as it has this week has has really What's impressed. It out right me. now, seven and opened up at four. So, um, you know, there's a lot of confidence in Florida State right now. I do think that the offenses are similar. I don't think Wake's offense is much better than Florida State's. I don't think Florida State's is much better than Wake's. Florida State's might be a little more balanced. Um, but I think Florida State's defense is a lot better. And I think that Florida State's got a really good special teams unit. And so if the offenses are awash, I'll take the better defense and the better special teams and see what happens. You know, now, I mean, Hartman could go out and play out of his mind. Jordan could have a bad game. Things happen. Right. Right. But if everybody plays their best game, I, I like, I, yeah, if both teams were to play their best game, I think Florida State does win by about a touchdown just because I think the defense is a little bit better. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you have any thoughts on this one? We'll pick it here in a little bit as far as the spread. But what do you think? Um, I, you know, it's interesting that the tr the spread is pending that big. I for sure would pick Florida State at, you know, sitting at minus four, minus three, something like that. Minus seven is interesting. Um, okay. But, but I mean, Florida State is, like we've I've said several times today, trending in the right direction, right? I think that Wake Forest has the ability to be a scary team. I don't know that we've seen that this year much, whereas Jordan Travis has shown up every single game. If he's a hundred percent healthy, he is the weapon that, that, you know, he, I think is the better weapon on the field, especially yeah. if you're going to factor in some weather. Interesting to see. I did you see the comments um, wake made about like, you know, wanting the ACC to make the right call in terms of whether or not that yeah. game is played, which is such a weird concept to me because one Tallahassee's not expected to get a ton Right. But now the storm, the storm's predicted to be off the coast, you know, middle of the night, Thursday night into Friday morning. So you had, they're probably not flying in until Friday afternoon. I guess you could be concerned about fans traveling from other places, but like the things that he talked about, which was housing, food, food, like, yeah, like and things like that, all of those things should be totally fine. Now, would you, could you be playing in a half empty stadium because there are people that can't get there from other places? Maybe, but like, that's an but advantage. That would, that court, would benefit way. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Florida state so, sold out. Florida state hasn't sold out a game in years. And they've already I, sold out two this year, right? And so, like, do you, do you want to uh, play against a full stadium? Like, it, I, I don't know. It annoys me both directions when coaches make comments about whether or not games are going to be played. Like, there's not huge safety meetings that take place and analytics that are used and whatever else to determine what's safe for the athletes or not. It's like, also, yeah, it's also pretty, you know, and I like Dave Clawson, but – it's also a little bit frustrating that, you know, he's somewhat implying that Florida State would put its own players at, at, at risk, right? right? And we, well, you know, we have the rivalry also, and we'll crack on each other's schools and stuff. Florida but like, State even final, gets the final say on that. If you don't yeah. think the city of Tallahassee and TPD yeah. and everything, the governor, all of those things are weighing in on whether or not that yeah, game happens. That's like 
when uh, Florida LSU uh, was canceled, I guess eventually moved uh, a couple of years ago and LSU fans were so mad. Like, do you think that these universities get the final say on this? They do not. That's not, that's not the way this works. All the strings. Right. It, that's just that's such a silly concept to me. And obviously, I'm no Florida State fan, but like Mike Norvell doesn't get to decide whether or not players are playing in a football game or not. If there is some act of God going on around, uh, right. there's a million adults going to sit in a room and make the determining factor of what's the safest thing possible for these kids. And at this point, normalcy is what's going to be the best no, option. But the that was such different. like kind of a whiny like, I don't know. Yeah, I it agree. just drives me nuts. I think it's whiny, but I'm, you know, it'll be a fun game. I'm excited to watch it. We'll probably all be trapped on our couch. I don't know. Are you going to try and go? And I want to, but Kara is very anti. I want to take Elena, but yeah. she's pretty anti it. I, yeah. if we lose power though, we might just go up to Tallahassee for a few days. For, <laughs> yeah. So my only issue is I wouldn't want to sit in traffic if I think the traffic's going to be god awful. But we're talking. Florida's game was moved to Sunday. Um, we were planning on taking all the kids on Saturday cause it's a noon kick. So, you know, they can all be there. I, I haven't, we haven't taken them to any this year because seven o'clock games are hard when your kids are little. Um, but I don't, so we're debating about Sunday, whether or not we're taking them. It kind of depends on how this all plays out. I'm not really worried right, about us weather. being in a bad situation, but if it's, right. there's still bad weather there, if there's going to be a million people on the road, taking that's a job. Yeah. You got to think about the people coming home. Like if people are coming right, home exactly. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, if, you know, if it's Saturday, now I might, no, it's a 3.30 kick. So we'll be done at, you know, 8 o'clock and drive Just home then, be home by midnight. Right. That might work. Yeah. Um, but if there's a lot of people driving home Sunday, like that could be. Sure. Cool. I'll probably just stay home and go for the Clemson game. Um, yeah. Let me give a quick shout out to Greg Brunt and the team over at Brunt Insurance from Tallahassee to the Keys. Greg has you covered. If you don't have her, if you don't have home insurance, you probably should call them right now. 954-589-2204. Home car, boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever you need insured. Greg will get you taken care of. You can go to bruntinsurance.com, see if Greg and the team can get you covered. Um, or give them a call. Uh, maybe you know, if you don't have homeowners insurance right now, you probably should do that. But <laughs> maybe give them a couple of days if you already have right. it and you're already covered and uh hit them up after the storm. Right. 954-589-2204. Appreciate Greg and his support of the show. Greg will talk to you about college football. So yeah. give him a call and uh not again after the storm, but give him a call and, and chat about UF or whatever you want. Uh speaking of UF, I'll say a positive thing. It they did fight back yeah. on Saturday, took the loss, but fought back. Um yeah. I think uh, you know don't jump don't jump on me on this but i think there's a little bit of there's credit due to uf for fighting back mm-hmm. i also think that tennessee got up got a big lay and understood that they went into kind of a little bit more of a prevent kind of a little bit more of like let uf use some clock mm-hmm. and you know teams kind of i, I would have been interested to see and you're never going to see this but if tennessee had just kind of like kept the pedal to the metal um, once they got up 17, instead of maybe just taking their foot off the gas a little bit, credit to UF though. I mean, I, I'm trying to like be somewhat balanced with both of those. I think it, I think both factors played in. I do think Tennessee let off just a bit and thought they had the game in the bag and thought that Florida would just quit. And so I, I th- feel like, you know, same thing Florida state did against LSU when they let them drive 99 yards, you go into that prevent, you, you give up the underneath stuff to let clock run. So I, I do think that some of that factored in a little bit. I think that it is important that Florida fought back through the last eight minutes, but the first 52 minutes are kind of where the, the, the game is won and lost. So I'm trying to be somewhat balanced with that. I'm not trying to say it was all Tennessee letting up. I'm not trying to say it was all Florida fighting back. It was a little bit of both, but again, hat tip to Florida because years past, they would have lost that game by 24. Like they'd have thrown an interception the next drive. It had gone back for a touchdown and, and they'd have just gotten absolutely blown out. So hat tip to Florida for fighting back. I still think there are a lot of things they need to fix. And, but I, but I agree with Billy Napier a little bit. I think that, you know, they lost the battle, they lost the game, but I do think they grew a little bit. I don't know how much, but, you know, I, I thought that um, there are some positives to take away. Like, I'll, I'll let you play the moral victory game a little bit with this. Not all the way, because you're still, still lost. You're still 2 and 2. But 
some positive things. I, I feel like that was kind of positive about Florida. So this is my giant list of all the things I want Florida to fix. Um, so we'll <laughs> go on that. But okay, so I'll start by saying this. Florida loses this game if it takes place last year, right? I think uh, uh, this is a they team. Lost, they lost it if it took place this year so, too, but I see what you're saying. Well, Florida loses by a lot more yeah. in this okay. previous season. I think that, that this team showed that they have heart and they never quit. And I think that that is, that is showing that they're buying what Billy Napier is selling. That is a good sign. It is a trend in the right direction. Um, I think that, Florida has a, a lot, a lot, a lot to work on. And I think that this game, I don't know if growth is the right word. I think that this game gave a blueprint for where it's most important than you improve. And it's now up to this coaching staff, whether they embrace those things, because some of them are hard changes. Um, we learned that Richardson can throw the field, the ball down the field, right? He did. We saw not only my brother, the way that my brother phrased it to me is like, he didn't change, he didn't turn the page. He opened an entire new book. And that is what happened. Anthony Richardson played like we are hoping that he would be able to play, right? He didn't, he seemed like he got out of his own way. He wasn't in his head. He made some correct reads. He used his feet against again, which an Anthony Richardson that is uh, unwilling or unable to use his feet is essentially useless to this team, right? He is a threat passing because he's a threat running. That's uh, uh, Florida needs him to use his feet if he's going to be successful. Um, I still think that Florida needs some wide receiver options to continue to step up, but we saw the offense play a lot better than we have since Utah. It's what Florida fans were hoping they would, they could see. Um, the, uh, the offensive play calling and some of the aggressiveness, you know, Florida fans went nuts when Napier made the quote, scared money, don't make money. Right. And they were all so excited. That's kind of been the mantra for fans moving forward is scared money. Don't make money. If you believe that, and you want Billy to really have a legitimate shot at coaching here, then you have to be okay with some of these calls that maybe were seen as too aggressive. I personally didn't love some of the calls. Remove myself from the situation. Take a couple days to, to think about it. I do kind of understand them more. Florida went for it on fourth down six times. I think there's only one that I really didn't love. They got it five times though, right? Um, I think that part of the going for it on fourth down is the same concept of why they went for it on, for two twice is that he clearly has zero confidence in this defense. Yeah. He, Billy Napier yeah. does not trust his defense at all. That is why you're seeing these fourth downs. Somebody asked me if I thought he didn't trust the kicker. I don't think it has anything to do with the kicker at all. I think he does not trust that his defense will hold. So he's trying to do everything he possibly can to keep the ball with the offense and to score points. And, and most of the time it worked out, right? Will Miles wrote, wrote a really, really good article this week that kind of broke down a whole bunch of individual plays and broke down each of the um, the fourth down attempts and kind of what it did to Florida's win percentage. And basically every time Billy Napier went for it on first, fourth down, that is what the card would tell you to do. That is what statistically he improved Florida's chance of winning by going for it on fourth down, which again worked five out of six times. Two-point conversion a little bit uh i was real skeptical on the first one obviously because you went for it on the first one you have to go for it on the second one but florida's down 17 points right so they need two touchdowns two extra points and a field goal uh to tie the ball game so let's say florida's able to get all of those things right those two touchdowns the two extra points and the field goal i want to say there was like eight minutes left in the game at this point something like that if he does that, if they get all of those things, they go to overtime. What are Florida's chances of their defense doing their job in overtime, the same job they haven't done the first 60 minutes? And this is where uh, Will's article really kind of like helped me process this a little bit, right? What, what are the percentage chances that they win in overtime? 30%, 40%, something like that, right? Statistically, we know that a two-point conversion is about a 50% chance of success. So what are the odds of it uh, if you go for it twice, right? I think it's about 75% that if you go for a two-point conversion twice that you get it at least once. Right. So 
if you think about that, you are upping your chance of just winning the ball game by going for it because you don't actually want to get into overtime with the way that the defense. Yeah. No, I, I actually think the so couple couple takeaways there. I think that the two point conversion was fine. <clears throat> I think yeah. it was very similar to what Mullen did against Alabama when they went for it um, to get down by six in the SEC championship. Yeah. A lot of people are asking, why would you do that? You just kick a field goal, kick a field. Well, they got it, and and yeah. if they'd have gotten the ball back, which they actually right. did, but just with not enough time to matter. I right. mean, I think they were right. eighty yards away with fifteen right. seconds or something. But uh, no, I think that was the right call. That I mean, again, Mullen who everyone hates now uh, did the same thing analytically and it worked. That's the big thing, right? Like if if a play works, you're going to be good. But I think that was the right call. Cause I think even if Florida goes to overtime, they end up losing that game to to Tennessee's offense, just being a little bit better. Um, Here's the one takeaway on the fourth downs though. I think that, I think that, sorry, Napier was correct in going for it on fourth down more often than he was not results aside right? right the fact that right. you went five or six does not mean it was a good call or a bad call right like you know right. you can right. drive 100 miles an hour on the interstate and, and you may get somewhere faster than doesn't crash. yeah right. it doesn't just because you didn't crash doesn't mean it was a good decision so right. um i think that they were good decisions based on how the defense is right now and is playing and his confidence in them i just don't think that's sustainable like you, right. you went five or six this weekend Will do you it against always, LSU, but, and you, you could yeah. go. You could go one for six against LSU because that just sure. most teams, most teams Mullen throughout are, throughout the year, most teams are going to go about fifty percent on their two point conversions, yeah. and most teams are going to go about fifty percent on their right. fourth. So that does even out. And right. if you, there were a couple of those fourth downs. If you miss on any of them, Tennessee gets up by like well, twenty plus points. And that's one that they did miss on. I would have taken the three points right there it was very early in the game i think points matter i just would have taken the field goal that's the only that one that i have yeah. uh, I, any qualms with and it is the one we didn't make but i have the qualms with it because it it was a gimme field goal and All to me it's ones- yeah to me it's less about like when and just knowing that going for it on fourth down six times yeah. is not that's I not think a, so that's that not a good that's not that- a good practice going forward because it is going and I, I think that that will happen less as he develops his own team. I think this is a got to be aggressive to try and get some of these wins that yeah, we maybe not get any yeah. other way. And yeah. so I think that that's part. Of, I think that's part of it. But all of these decisions are a direct correlation between his lack of confidence in Florida's defense. And this is where I think Florida has the opportunity to grow, right? And it just depends on whether or not. Uh, you know, the defensive coordinator, Tony and, and Napier are willing to make these decisions. Give you an example, trading. I really don't like calling players out by name. I am of the mindset that like, you think you can do better show up at practice on Monday, see if you can walk on. I am not, I am a player's wife. I am a player's sister. I don't love the concept of bashing a player by name. Right. I think that Trey Dean has time and time again, been out of position read the defense wrong, not known what the play was supposed to be, whatever, um, a lot. I think he is a decent tackler when he's in the right place. He's not in the right place a lot of the time. This is a guy that's like an 87-year senior. He's not getting any better from what he is. I am of the mindset that you make the switch to Kamari Wilson, give him the start. He is a true freshman. If even all the same mistakes are being made, at least there's an opportunity for growth here, right? At least there's a guy that you can get a lot of film on and coach up. Even if the end result is the same type of play, I think the upside with making the transition to a freshman that you're hoping to be here over the next three to four seasons is the way to go. And you know what? Even if he maybe is worse of a tackler it would be hard to be worse in space than he is it would hard it would be hard to be in in any worse a position than dean has been in truly for the last three seasons but absolutely this season i would consider making the move to kamari wilson uh wilson rashad torrance has also not been good his stats so i i think that some of these players when they pound their chest and post on Twitter and things like that. They like he had a game high 13 tackles against Tennessee, but he was not in the right position so many times. And so what you cost your team is greater than the tackles that you're that you're making. I would look to for somebody else uh than Torrance or at least somebody to split reps with. Florida gave up 10 
pass plays that totaled 279 yards. I don't remember exactly what Urban Meyer's stat used to be about big plays, but I know sure as hell you can't give up 10 plays for 279 yards and expect to win a football game. The fact that Florida was even in this at all with that stat is somewhat astounding. I'm also a little concerned about defensive play calling in general. Um, I have not loved some of the looks that that Florida has given on defense, and I hope that that's something that's being reevaluated this week. I know that Florida's thin, right? There's a reason that we have seven DBs committed in this upcoming class. There's a reason that we have, I think, five defensive linemen. Florida needs more talent on defense, but you have some young guys. It can't be worse to give them experience. Did it really matter if we lost to Tennessee by 20 or we lost to Tennessee by three? Probably not, right? It's a loss. I I can see the moral victories in this. I can see the not giving up in those things. But I think that you you don't have a chance to win the SEC at this point. You're 0-2 and your two losses are to the East. So you have the opportunity to make a bowl game, which you want to do because you need those extra 13, 14 bowl practices for your young guys for next season. You have a chance to play spoiler to you know somebody on your schedule potentially. But what you really have now for this season is the opportunity to build for next season. So I would take a good hard look at those guys who are super seniors who are not contributing, are not doing their job in the way that you would hope and consider replacing them with some young guys. I do think it's an interesting dynamic in a locker room when you're a new coach, right? Especially if you're looking at guys like Dean who are a a captain or considered a team leader or things like that. And what is the balance there for a new coach? Because clearly you want to continue to win the locker room, right? Because that matters long-term. I don't know what it would do internally to do something like bench Trey Dean. I, I don't, know if that means a mutiny is coming or something like that. I would hope it wouldn't mean that. But I do think that that's also something that Napier has to balance there yeah, a little bit. I don't think you have to go as strong as benching, but you could just lower reps. Like you could just get uh, yeah. new guys I, more I, reps. I, would, I don't think, I, I don't think I'd sit him for I the season. I don't know. I'm not saying he should never, ever, ever see the field. But I think that maybe situationally is is a better situation for him. But I think you should be spending time getting younger guys reps now if this is a guy who is your stud he's the anchor of your defense he's doing everything you want him to do i'm not advocating for benching an older guy in favor of a younger guy in that situation but i think you know napier said it in his press conference he said something like there are two plays that you can look at where just one person wasn't doing their job and it resulted in a huge play and he is referring to dean with those two Uh, with that comment that is exactly who he's referring to so it's hard for me to listen to that and then think that there won't be some major changes and if there aren't major changes after making that statement i don't i don't know where that leaves me either yeah it's always somebody on you guys' defense that the entire fan base hates so i don't hate him i'm not saying hates yeah i I, but you know what i'm saying like it's always somebody on the defense that the whole the whole fan base gets you i guess we you know that's that's a positive so, anyway, but I hope that we see some defensive changes because the offense looked good. But Florida yeah, has been in a situation and, where one unit has let them down every single game. Twice yeah, they've been able to overcome that, twice they haven't. And I, I think it's a little so the other thing I'll say is, you know, it you know, Dean obviously gets a lot of a lot of crap, but you know, Tennessee also ran for 227 yards, right? So right. it's it's hard for me to, and I, I I have not broken down the Tennessee Florida film or really any Florida film, but I, you know, Dean gets well, a lot of crap because of because of you know a busted coverage or a missed assignment or this that and the other, and they end up being splashed. But like the defensive line's terrible too, right? The linebackers uh, aren't good. Linebackers like Tennessee are not particularly ten- good. Tennessee uh, and USF ran for everything. Like you've got teams going for like 220, 250 on you on the ground. Like that's pretty bad too, and so like I know that Dean is who the fan base kind of gets on right now. Take those. It's because if you take those two big plays away, Florida wins. Sure, but it's one thing. Our our isn't so. I don't. But I'm back up. I don't agree with that. They don't lose on those two plays, but Tennessee, for all intents and purposes, could have still scored on those drives. Yeah, like they ran the ball at will against Florida. 
And so, I don't know. I don't think you take away those two plays and turn them into interceptions. Yeah, maybe they win. But, like, just if they're just incompletions, Tennessee probably just know. picks up a first I, down on the next play. It's it's hard for me to say, like, Florida automatically wins without those two plays. Florida's I, don't know. I think that there's in general, isn't giving up. Right. There's a lot of runs and things like that, though. And that's – I mean, their run D is not good. I'm not saying that they're good. The linebacker, linebacker play has to improve. Outside of Miller, who really has been – Great. Bernie's shown flashes of brilliance, but then also been also in the wrong been really place. Bad, yeah. Uh, I mean, they gave so up five and a half far. yards. Or, they gave up five and a half yards of rush on Saturday against yeah. Tennessee. You know, like they just, and USF was just as bad. So I don't know. I think the whole defense is, you know, there are parts of the defense that are good, but most of the defense is pretty bad right now. And I do think some of that is, or maybe not, but so I, I, I want to look at the scheme for part of that as well. Look, Florida's defense hasn't been playing well. So I can see the argument that it doesn't really matter what the scheme is if people aren't going to be in position and doing their job. But there's also some times that I question the formation they're in or the play that they've called. Uh, and so I'm interested to see how Tony adjusts that as well. But look, Florida's defense is not good right now. Florida's offense, though, is putting up points. Florida's defense has shown us at times through this season that they are capable of playing better than they played on Saturday. Um, uh, so, I mean, we'll see, right? I This this uh, sitting at 2-2 two and two is where a lot of people predicted Florida to be. It is not where I predicted Florida to be. You had them four and oh. Um, I did. I thought, I thought, no, no, I think coming. it was three and one. I think it was, three. Uh, I think it was three and one. I predicted they Tennessee would lose to Tennessee. Either. I did. Yeah. It was three and one. I predicted they would lose to Tennessee. So, I, going, so here's, here's the question going forward. So <laughs> we said this about Florida, South Florida, mm-hmm. and hopefully we don't get a repeat. I mean, actually, I'd love it after watching that middle Tennessee state game. I'd, I'd love for it to happen to you guys too, but God that happened. Cause you know what? I would so much rather lose to Tennessee than middle Tennessee state. <laughs> well, Here's your opportunity next week to, or this weekend to follow it up. Washington. Yeah. I mean, again, we said this for USF that really the only thing that could happen that's unexpected against USF is for you to be disappointed. And that did happen. But Eastern Washington is really bad. Oregon put 70 up on them. Yeah. And and Georgia put about 400 up on Oregon. And so transitive property yourself down. I think you guys win this kind of going away. Yeah. Um, so you win that and you you get above 500, you get to three and two. Yeah. Um, probably beat Missouri. Like I'll just give Florida the kind of the nod. So just I just always, I don't love playing Missouri. Florida doesn't play Missouri well. They they haven't, right? Uh, Missouri's just really bad. Been, like they just lost to Auburn, who's about to fire their coach. Yeah. Their wins are I'm not saying that they shouldn't beat them. I'm just saying Florida no. always plays Missouri so, terribly and it bothers me. I've me got know. Florida winning that one too and getting to yeah. four and two. Yeah. But after that, I think the team could grow to get better than this. I think they're going at best one and two in those next three games. Um, LSU, bye week, Georgia, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, according to ESPN, though that game is the farthest from the the swamp, Florida has the best chance to win that game at 34%. The chance to beat Georgia, we won't even really talk about. And to beat LSU, they've got LSU as a 73% chance to come yeah. into the swamp and win. And I think LSU is playing a lot better right now. Um, yeah. You know, they, you know, we'll find out more about LSU as their season goes on. They yeah. play Auburn this weekend, which they're a pretty big favorite there. They'll get to four and one. And then they play Tennessee, which I think that's kind of a fun one. They get that in Baton Rouge. Kind of unfortunate mm-hmm. that that's a, uh, a a day game, a noon game, 11 there in in Baton Rouge. But I think that that'll be a really fun game. And so I think LSU is going to come into the swamp at worst four and two. Yeah. They beat Tennessee. They're going to be five and one. Um, I think I like LSU in that matchup right now. Now, if Anthony Richardson continues to, here's the, here's the big problem that I see with Florida. It is all Anthony Richardson for, for Florida to even be close the kid had to go for 500 yards by himself. And I think that that's just not sustainable against great teams. Right. It can win you games, but yeah. Florida needs other guys to step up. And if they sure. don't, I'm going to like need their line to, 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 They need their line to op- open up opportunities for their running backs. Florida has a stable of good running backs. We didn't see them have a whole lot of success against Tennessee. Almost none. Tennessee's, and Tennessee's run defense was really good against really Florida. Good. You know, really, really, really good. Anthony ran for 62 yards. 
nobody else went above 40. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. ETN had 35. And so yeah. um, you do that against LSU. And I think LSU has a better defense, a better secondary. And I think that LSU is going to win that game. And then obviously we, you know, both would think Georgia wins and it comes down to what happens in the A&M game. Yeah. I mean, I, so I predicted one and two against those three teams all season long. Right. Like from, and that's still where you're at, right? Like you uh, find a way to win one, but I honestly think it's probably flip-flopped in my original. I've had us beating LSU, losing to A&M. I think that if we stay at one and two, it's that's, that's a reverse. I think Florida beats A&M and loses to LSU potentially Um, still, you know, jury's still out on that a little bit. And here's the thing too, that's a toss up game. And what I said about the, about the Tennessee game, you know, all leading up this whole off season is that I thought it was going to be, Florida's closest game and Florida would lose. I think that the LSU game will still be a close matchup. I think the only game on Florida's schedule that they just will not be in at all is the Georgia game. But the issue with being in a game is that, you know, you have to find a way to finish, right? Florida was in it against Kentucky. They didn't, they didn't win. They didn't finish strong enough. Florida was in it against Tennessee. They didn't win. They didn't finish strong enough. So that's that's the issue with having a whole schedule of coin flip games, right? Like you can still end up with a terrible record. Um, and that's that's still something that's a possibility for Florida. Being in games doesn't give you a victory. But I do think the only game that they don't even really have a shot of being in is Georgia. TJ, you there? I'm... Uh... I'm losing. I I got most of that, but I'm losing. Up, oh, TJ, we're losing you here. Weather's still fine at my house, so I'm thinking that that's this is just random technical difficulties, not storm difficulties. We're hoping so. Right, I think we're back now. Okay. Um. Nope. TJ, let me. Well, while TJ is uh, trying to fix his his stuff, we'll keep talking a little bit. You know, Florida, um, like I said, they've got an entire schedule of coin flip games coming up outside of that Georgia game. I think Florida still has the opportunity to win seven or eight ball games. I think. it's going to take finishing some of those coin flip games. I think that they're they're have shown that they're capable of that. I think that these teams uh, are not having any quit in them, which I think that that's uh, a, a really good sign, a credit to Billy Napier. But they are going to have to finish. Now they we saw against in the Utah game a game that, for all intents and purposes, is a was a coin flip game. Right, Florida down to the wire could have, should have lost that game, figured out a way to win. Uh, we there, TJ? Yeah, I jumped on my hotspot. I think we're probably streaming 18 movies in this house. and so Off at the same time? Um, yeah. I don't was, know, I don't know if I was still on that time or not, but I was just basically saying, like, Florida has an entire yeah, you were, you coin were. flip game. Um, they so, figured out how to win the coin flip against Utah. They haven't figured – they figured out a way to win the coin flip against USF. They haven't figured out Kentucky and Tennessee – So going forward, this could be a team that wins five games. This could be a team that wins eight or nine games. And it will will literally depend on figuring out how to close some of these coin flip games. Yeah, I think that um, I think the LSU want to be telling, right? If they can find a way to beat um, LSU. I think they still lose to Georgia no matter what. I think um, if they find a way to win LSU though, then they, they like they could be love the two and one. I think that they they could really beat yeah. AM. I don't think anything changes the outcome of the the Georgia game, although Georgia of course I would love to play spoiler to their season. I just don't see that happening. So um, I think that you know, kind of to me, Florida just needs to find a way to not go 0 and three there right right, right. I, to me yeah I, agree I, think that. Gonna be tough. I think there's a really good chance that florida does go zero and three i mean they're going to be a big dog in well i don't know they'll be a big underdog to vegas but i think just a percent chance to win i think that yeah. lsu is going to be pretty pretty favored georgia mm-hmm. so if they go zero and three they're going to be four and five at that point mm-hmm. i do think they beat south carolina and i do too 
and Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. So I think they get to six and five, and then it's do we have a winning record by beating Florida State in Doak, right? And it's it's the health of both quarterbacks by that point. There's a lot that'll go into that, but I think you're looking at, I think you're looking at kind of a best case scenario of. To me, I think they lose to LSU in Georgia, and I think the best case scenario for them is to split A and M and Florida State, right? Like they could win both of those, but I, they haven't shown me enough to say that they will at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think seven and five is kind of where my prediction is. I think they do. I think they lose to Georgia and LSU and split with A and M and FSU. Find a way to win one of those games. I don't think they go in four. I don't think they in those four. I think they find a way to win one. Yeah. Um. So, all right, speaking of picks, rough week for both of us last week. We mm-hmm. both started well with West Virginia and Virginia Tech taking mm-hmm. the Mountaineers. We both picked Clemson. That game did not go our way. Went to overtime and Wake lost, but Clemson mm-hmm. didn't cover. You got Missouri. Yep. Auburn won but didn't cover. Mm-hmm. Neither of us got Tennessee, Florida. Florida was able to backdoor cover that one. Yeah. Neither of us got um, – we we both picked – oh, no, no, we both got this. Yeah, we both got Texas A&M because they both mm-hmm. won by one. So I can change our records to – Yeah. They won by – what, they won by, I think, one. So let's go there, three, five. Let's upgrade this by one, take this down by one. If you – oh, that takes you back to 500, so that's a good thing. So we both got Arkansas, who did cover by half a point. Um Neither of us got Oregon State covering against USC. I got Louisville. You took USF. And then I got Florida State. You took BC. Mm-hmm. I went four and four on the week. You went three and five. Our records are 18 and 10 and 14 and 14. So you need to come back. You need to get better at this. I do. I need to get better at this. So, um, Let's roll with this week. Uh, Florida State, seven-point favorite against Wake. I think the Knolls win this, but I think I like Wake to cover this. I like Wake to cover this. Yeah, I, I just – I hope I'm wrong there, clearly. I'd love a stress-free Saturday, but I think Wake covers that, and the Knolls win by like four. Uh, Michigan, top-four team, now is an 11-point favorite against Iowa. Mm, give me Michigan. I think I'm the same there. Actually, you know what? I'll go. I'll go Iowa just so we can be a little different. Um, here's a good one. T- Kentucky is a six and a half point underdog against Ole Miss. Um, strength on strength, offense versus defense. That game is in the Grove. I, I think I like Ole Miss to win by a touchdown here. I, I don't think Kentucky is that good. Um, they have not played well since in Florida. Give me Kentucky just so we can have some different outcomes here. Oklahoma after getting upset last week. Is a six and a half point favorite at TCU. I do think they rebound and cover that. I do too. Alabama is a 17 and a half point favorite at Arkansas. That's a huge spread. And Give you're not me supposed Arkansas. To bet against yeah, I, I was going to say. I, I think that's I a huge that spread. Oklahoma that's a State. Huge spread. <laughs> yeah. It kind of just depends. Is Arkansas just like kind of bury their heads after, you know, kind of a heart? Heart soul crushing loss last week, or how's it work? Um, Baylor's a two point favorite versus Oklahoma State. I like Baylor here. I like Baylor here too, but I'm going to go Arkansas. I'm going to go Oklahoma State just to be different. Hmm. Mississippi State is a four point favorite at home against Texas A&M. I like Mississippi State here. Texas A&M should have lost last week. I think they do lose this week. Um, give me Texas A&M. Clemson's a six and a half point favorite against North Carolina State. I like Clemson to cover the spread. I, I like Clemson too. Florida has no spread against Eastern Washington, but the guys on the roll up are doing minus 30 and a half. Um, yeah. USF was minus 23 and a half based on some other scores. We kind of came up with that. So that's not an official line. Let me see if I can find something on DraftKings real quick. Um, give me just a minute. Florida. Um, I love to know our houses sound the same in the background here. Oh yeah, we just can't. We can't help but scream. It's just all we do. I, yeah, no spread there. Thirty and a half. I'll take Eastern Washington there. I'll take Florida. Um, uh, that line 
probably should only count for half a point, but that's what it is. All right, let me go beat some kids. Um, don't call CPS on me. They, they deserve it. Um, yeah, I got to go control the hurricane happening inside my house, which yeah, is probably going to be much work. worse than what I feel outside of my house. But Cool. We'll be back next week. Supposing we have power. Um, hopefully we have power by then. Yeah. But uh, we'll be back next week to talk about how – I'm going to be in an insane team- asylum if we don't have power a week from now. Yeah, no, no doubt. So we'll be back next week to talk about both teams. Hopefully two wins. We'll see. Go Knowles. Go Gators. Go away, Ian.